Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Endowed Show. Listen, we got a fantastic program today. We're talking about reaching the city for Christ. We have Brett Landry, church planter and a pastor in Vancouver. And so it's going to be a fantastic conversation. We hope you enjoy it. God bless. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the in Doubt Show. Uh, we've got a fantastic program. Just a couple things before we dive in. We're talking about some good stuff, how to reach your cities for Christ. We have Brett Landry. But first, want to let you know if you can like, subscribe, uh, hit that notification bell on YouTube. That would be helpful. Keep in touch with what we're doing and how we're resourcing you. Also, if you're listening in Audio World, Spotify, Apple, wherever you are, if you can hit a like, hit a review, rating, all that kind of stuff. If you're driving, pull over on the highway, write a little review quickly. Let us know that you're enjoying the program and then get back, merge on. A little bit hard to merge, but that's okay. Just just do it. God will help you. <laughs> um, anyways, I uh, also want to let you know one other thing. Uh, we have this book that is a f- not a free premium, but it's $5. So it's originally $20 or $17.99, something like that. But you can get it for the month of January for $5. Go to indoubt.ca. Go to the store in all things. Dr. John Newfeld's uh, brand new book about God's providence. Fantastic. We actually did an episode with him too. You can see that. We'll leave that in the episode. Um uh, the episode, uh, what's it called? The episode, no, uh, no, like when you go to episode sources, like the resources on oh. the website. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, get that, you get that book for five bucks, which is a fantastic deal. Uh, Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get through a lot of that. That's, that's and, good. Uh, we should probably also mention that you can get the ebook for free. Oh, you can get the ebook month. for free. This yeah. just in. Yeah, ebook for free. Um, uh, yeah, so indo.ca, you can get all those resources. Yeah. You're doing well, though? Yeah, I'm doing great. Awesome. Yeah. Praise God, man. That's great. Uh, we have a third chair guest, which I'm very excited about. Yes, we do. Uh, so when you hear this music, whatever one you're going to choose, I actually I don't know, know which one you're going to choose. One just pick one. Yeah. And you'll have to just deal with it. So when you hear this music, Audio World. Uh-oh. Oh, it doesn't work? <laughs> this happened yesterday, too. Yeah, that's interesting. That's okay. We've got some tech issues. That's a good reminder to let you know. Indoubt Insiders. Become a monthly partner so we can get better equipment. Uh, <laughs> go to indoubt.ca. You can uh, give monthly $5, $10, $20, whatever you want to give. And uh, you also get 20% off the store, which is great. So swag. Once you see the third chair guest, he's actually wearing some of our swag. You get 20% off that. Um, I can sing it. He'll, yeah, I was going to say, he'll just have to do his own um, rap. Now it stops. So I get up. to choose. Yeah. Here we go. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in Audio World, this is a gong show. Happy Monday if you're watching today. Uh, but uh, when you hear this music. That was so close oh, in my ears. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Brendan, how are you? This has been a great, disaster. man. Wearing the merch. <laughs> Wearing the merch. 20% off, folks. Indoed Insiders. Um, you're doing this well, though? Awesome. Even better now that I'm wearing this hoodie. It's so Come soft. On, it's nice. And wonderful. It's nice. I wear it all the time. I know. Me too. Uh, it's actually our my accountability sweater. So because it has a big <laughs> yeah, scripture on the back. Wear it in public. Yeah. yeah, yeah so it's yeah. like I, I don't want to say anything inappropriate or, you know, cut someone off because yeah. I'm wearing my Indo hoodie. So if you want <laughs> hey, accountability, the, go to Indo.ca, get your sweater. You're the guy from Indo. <laughs> you just <laughs> cut me off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, our guest, man, I'm so pumped to have him in the room with us. Um, I've known this guy for a long time. We haven't seen each other forever. The guy hasn't aged a minute, and I mean it. I honestly mean it. I know he's not saying, like, I mean it when I say that, but we have Brett Landry. Brett, how are you, man? I'm doing great. You're very kind. I, I mean it when I say that. Yeah. Like I, And then he's like, dude, you haven't aged either. And I lifted my hat, and he's like, oh, okay, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe no upstairs you aged a bit. <laughs> upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. How's life? How's everything? Life is good. Uh, family is well. Church is good. Network stuff is fun. Praise God, man. Yeah. Um, so for our people who are listening or if you're watching on YouTube, tell us a little bit about who you guys are, what you're up to, family life, ministry life, just to give us context. Sure. Yeah, I've been married to my wife, Allison, for over 20 years now. We have three daughters. Uh, they're 18, 16, 14. Come on, bro. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So when I last saw you, they were like six. Sure. Something four, like that. Man, yeah, that's like, insane. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Wow. And uh, doing really well. Uh, Christ City Church in Vancouver. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary a few months ago. We planted in 2013. And um, by God's grace, we've planted a few times since then. And so we're in South Vancouver, Kitsilano, East Vancouver. And then we just planted a church in Surrey uh, in September of 2023. So kind of right at the same time as our 10th anniversary in the first plant, we just planted again. And then um, we're looking at um, some of the stuff that that, that we feel called to do um, alongside uh, a leader named Heath Meikle uh, in the downtown east side. And so we just announced a bunch of that stuff through our Advent giving campaign. And uh, he's been a, an urban chaplain um, serving on the downtown east side, working with a number of different agencies down there cool. over the years. And so, um, you know, he, he believes that the, the downtown east side doesn't, doesn't need uh, him as an urban chaplain as much as it needs an urban chapel and mm. a place for 
people to come and ex- explore their faith and, and work through some of the issues that they're facing and and some of the problems that they've uh, that they've been you know sinned against or the the sin they've committed, but of a place where they can come and find Jesus and community and belonging. And so we're working on that right now. Super exciting as a church. Amazing. And then um, in 2023, uh, we started uh, a, a group of us um, launched what is called City to City Canada, and that is in partnership with Redeemer City to City, which came out of uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church in in Manhattan. And uh, Dr. Kim, Tim Keller is co-founder of of okay. City to City, and so there's a, a global network um, of of City to City that are they're sort of national or regional affiliates, and so we're we're in Canada. Um, cool. partnered, partnered with City to City North America, and we're we're doing work here um, around church planting, church renewal, starting and strengthening new churches, training cool. leaders, things like that. So that's all that's all going on, and uh, it's a real joy and a real privilege to be a part of all of it. That's so cool. So you just started that in 2023. We you did started yeah. being a part of that. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's amazing. So you're you don't have a lot of free time, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, well, your kids are a little older, though. They are a little yeah. older. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, it's it's um you know when I'm sitting around with pe- people who have little kids who look look tired. Yeah. You can tell like do you see the bags? Yeah, yeah. We have to whenever we post like pictures, I'm like, Skylar, if you could just take the bags out and just kinda edit a little bit. Make me look yeah. a little bit less tired. You know, and it's like I'm I'm old enough now to to sound like the cliched older guy in the room who's like, man, it goes by quick. Yeah, it, mm. but you know, it does though. We're uh, we're sending our oldest daughter off to Bible school in New Zealand um, in a couple of weeks, and so like like putting her on a plane saying goodbye, and you're just kind of oh, thinking, man, have man. I have I actually have I raised her up the way she needed to be? Mm. You know, have we are, is she is she ready? And and the answer is of course, um, God Come is on. with her, and, and she's doing great. But it's the you know that that time does fly by, but yeah, I mean, at this point, like if my wife and I decide we want to go out, we just get up and leave, and we yeah. just send a text that like we're not at home anymore, and you know that. So we're in that season of life for sure. Um, yeah, but, but we no. do that too. But our kids are five <laughs> and two, so it's a little bit sketchy. They can't read the text, so it's a little bit of a disaster when I get home. What did you do, man? Like peanut butter all over the couch. I literally just thinking. That. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That that's a that's a fun season. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That's cool, man. Praise the Lord. Um, so we're talking about reaching our cities for Christ. And I mean, you guys are doing at Christ City an amazing job planting, getting out in communities, Kitsilano, East Van. Like, that's just amazing. So let's just talk about reaching cities for Christ. Talk about it in your context. What's been like the approach for you sure. and why you went down this path of even church planning? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, from, oh man, a long time ago. Uh, when I was living in Alberta, my wife and I are from Alberta, originally central Alberta, and um, felt called to plant a church in Vancouver. Now, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense uh, apart from the Lord mm-hmm. because we'd never spent time in Vancouver. We never really mm-hmm. hung around. Wow. We just, just sensed this was the call, perhaps in the future, that we were going to do this and, and sort of kind of put it in the back you know, back of our minds that this, this could be something that we would give ourselves to. And um, there, there came a point where it was like, okay, I think now is the time to lean into that. I was already a pastor, and and um, so let's explore that. So you're pastoring in Alberta this time? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. um, you know, thinking perhaps it's time to to make that move and see what see what God has for us. And so we you know, we prayed a very simple prayer, um, like you know, grab hands and go, Lord, if you're in this, can you just open a door? Because we don't know anyone, we don't know how to do this. We have no we had no concept of how you just go and do that. Wow. Um, I, I'd read a lot of books on church planting. I listened to the, all the podcasts I could find at the time and that kind of thing. But I was like, I don't know what the first step is. And so, Lord, would you show us? And it was so amazing because two days later, I got a, a message from a friend who was connected to a friend who was now leading this new network. And he said, you should talk to them if this is something you're interested wow, in. Man. And so I did. And, it, and then we started that conversation and, uh, and just basically followed each step that the Lord led us down. Um, he just guided us into it. And so we, we ended up in Vancouver, moved here in uh, April of 2011 and went to work at Westside Church. Uh, with, so we were part of the C2C network at the mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. and, uh, and they placed me at Westside as an apprentice. And so I served there, helped them plant what is now called the Shore Church in North Vancouver. Uh, the first year I was there and the second year got prepared to plant Christ City Church. Wow. So we entered into that conversation um, because we felt called to it, because we felt like this is what uh, we were supposed to do. And then when we, you know, we went through church planting assessment, had lots of meetings with lots of people talking about this, discerning this call. Um, that seems a little overwhelming, like because uh, yeah. they just don't yeah. they like just 
watch everything, talk to your wife, and like they just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> get the nitty gritty. I mean, it is nitty gritty. Like it is, <laughs> it is down into like everything yeah. in your life, and yeah. so it's a psychoanalytical, um, you know, profile that they build for you, plus your spiritual gifts, and you come and give a sample sermon, and they've listened to some stuff before you've come, and then they're talking to your wife because that's a really important aspect of this because yeah. if she's not into it, like you should definitely not do it. Yeah. And, um, and so the, the conversation um, goes on for months that yeah. leads up to assessment and the assessment's three days. And yeah. uh, it, it's like, it's, it's a very intense time. Yeah. And some people recoil at the process because it, it feels intense. It feels intimidating, I think. Uh, it I, sounds intimidating. I've had a lot of friends go through it. I'm yeah. like, that sounds really hard. But I loved it. Wow. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was the most fascinating thing. Hmm. I, I love all of those kind of things, though. Yeah. So, so I love personality tests and gift mix things. And yeah. I, I love that, that self-discovery because I think if I can know who I am and how God has made me, then I can lead out of that. Yeah. And so I actually really enjoyed it, Yeah. Uh, which is maybe tells you, you know. So you're know. a little weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I really enjoyed it. And uh, we went through oh, that process. Cool. And then, and then yeah, we were placed at, at Westside. And uh, and then, you know, a couple of years later, um, they sent us. So I think w- the important part of it was is it wasn't just an internal call. Mm-hmm. That internal call, you know, you need to have some sense of that. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be affirmed by others. Yes. And that's the thing where you, you need both. There's, yeah. a, there's a push and pull, if you want to say on that, or there's, you know, there's two sides of the coin or however you want to phrase it. It has to be an internal thing mm-hmm. and then it has to be affirmed by others because mm-hmm. if it's just internal, you can end up doing some wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's just mm-hmm. other people saying, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, but you're kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to be both. Yeah, that's a really good word actually. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, because yeah. 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 I feel like, oh, I really want to, I really feel called to be a musician and then <laughs> pick up the guitar and they're like, bro. You should not. Well, it's it'd be like <laughs> so. It'd be like if I came and said I want to sing on your worship team. Yeah. And then you said, "Well, let's do a little audition." So I'm tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> like my 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 wife is a, a worship director. Yeah. At our, our, How does she church. handle that? That's yeah. probably like, oh me, lord, me being tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't sing real loud when we're together. <laughs> yeah, like it's that's a, amazing. It's kind of like make a joyful noise, but in my heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, my, my my girls. Uh, my, are all really musical. Okay. And so when they were little, they used to play a game uh, that they thought was real fun where they would walk over to the piano and they would play a note and then they go, dad, make that note, like hum that note. And, <laughs> and like, you can't I, do it. No, I can't. And like, it sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it sounds fun. Oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm on. It's good. Yeah. So if you have this, <laughs> this inward, is... like, man, I feel like I'm really good at this. And yeah. then there's no affirmation. On That's the outside. Right. That's right. And then there's also the opposite. You're right because I've seen a lot of churches where they just let anyone on the worship team because sure. they just feel bad. Sure. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, oh, you got it, you got what it, and they just keep feeding the right. But it's like, ah, and then yeah. it gets awkward because it's like you've been on the team for six months and mm. it's now it's hard to get you off the team um, <laughs> yeah. because that's going to make you feel even worse. Yeah. And, and like Bro. imagine, imagine so imagine not going through church planning apprenticeship or, yeah. or uh, uh, assessment, mm. yeah. and yeah. then yeah. having an apprenticeship season, which is like an ongoing job interview and. Like those seasons need to be very clearly defined so that you yeah. don't get somewhere where you're down the road into this conversation. You're like, I don't think we should be doing this. Yeah. Somebody mm. goes, oh, this isn't a good idea anymore. So you want to assess it really well on the front end. And, um, you know, assessment isn't, isn't like a succeed or fail thing. Uh, you know, I, I remember a story that one of my friends told me uh, they were assessing this, uh, this church planter. Uh, des- he desired to be a church planter. And they, they said you shouldn't plant a church. Mm-hmm. They actually told him wow. in the assessment at the end of it, this is definitely not for you. Um, but you're a phenomenal pastor and a really great Bible teacher and preacher. Mm. So what we want to do is actually help you find an established church that's looking for a new pastor mm. because you're very called to ministry. You're very called, but, but you should definitely not plant a church. Mm-hmm. It, you right. don't have that same mm. gift mix. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and then so they did. They, they helped that pastor find a place where he could serve and it was really good. So it's not like a, you know, a thumbs up or a thumbs down on yeah, your life. Yeah, it's not a pass or fail. It's no, just it, like it, a where but, do you fit? It's part of the discernment to yeah. say, here's how we yeah. you can come and do it. Hmm. So we felt we felt called to come to Vancouver. We wanted to see Vancouver reach for Christ. Um, the, the dumbest thing in the world that anybody could say is our church is going to reach the city. So we're talking about reaching the city. There's no church that's going to reach any city in Canada. Hmm. It's just a horribly stupid statement to make. And mm. the reason is um, your local church is not the church of the city. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And so, so you have to have that kind of bravado knocked out of you a few times too, if you if you're the church planter type, mm-hmm. um, or even you know large successful churches that talk about reaching the city. No, we all want to. Yeah. But you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's so that's why we're 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 talking about city to city in the in the networked 
uh, mm. world, um, you know, building movemental, dyma- movemental dynamics in a city through relationship mm. that we might be able to work together as the one church of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, there's so much competition amongst churches, which doesn't make sense to me, yeah. but you yeah. see it. Sure. And it's like, it's not supposed to be like that. Actually, I was curious about that. Um, I've heard from other uh, church leaders around Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like CCLN, Canadian Church Leaders Network, yeah, uh, sure. and those guys. Um, I've heard, do you know Jason Ballard? Yeah, yeah, I love, love Jason. Great. He says he says things like the, the lower mainland is pretty uniquely like ecumenical. I think it's the word ecumenical. Have you found that to be the case? Like churches are like, regardless of the denomination, are, are fairly cooperative with each other? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, okay. And Jason and I've talked about this. Oh, and, great. And um, some of it comes down to the fact that so 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 let's say we um, we go to a, a fictional part of the world where um, you know over fifty percent of people are are, are evangelical Christians mm-hmm. and, and and we're in a city and it's you know, it's like 50, 50 to sixty percent evangelical Christians and what ends up happening is um, churches become sort of niche driven. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you're a church that likes canoeing. <laughs> Oh well, we have a canoeing ministry at our church, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you you like this kind of music? Well, for sure, we have that. You know, or, yeah. or you know, I I visited a church one time um, out of pure curiosity when I was on vacation. Um, mm-hmm. Where is it locally? Or were you? This out is of town? not. This is okay. not locally. This okay. is quite some ways away from here. Okay. Where when you arrive, it's like a it's like a strip mall, hmm. and there are all of these different options for for music. What? <laughs> yeah. So live music? Yes. So there was all these different venues on the same campus and, and they had like jazz, con- jazz country. What? Okay, that doesn't make sense. That's an oxymoron. Contemporary. Oh. <laughs> like like sort of a more liturgical. Yeah. Yeah. And they had all these different musical styles. I'm I'm talking about Was there hip hop? I don't remember if nah. there was hip hop. I don't Probably. know. Probably. I don't know. Why don't you go to that church? I can go to that church. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll turn up the snare in my headphones. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm definitely not cool enough to have gone to that venue. <laughs> yeah, and then there was the main one that was kind of a, you know, middle of the road, you know, contemporary yeah, worship yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And and so we went into the main setting and and then there was the no worship option, which nice. was just you come and show up and just that's when the sermon is piped into the room and you can sit there and just watch the sermon and then you okay, can Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so, <laughs> so the people who don't like to worship God... <laughs> through music so i mean sometimes just, we have to remind different. it's not just music i know but like, that's worship, why i, fin- I finished my yeah, sentence yeah, yeah, it's good they don't like to worship god through music yeah i'm I, again i'm just telling you the story that's that's to, just to, really to, fascinating to illustrate though. the fact that there you can be in places where there are, there are so many christians that you can get driven into niche yeah yeah and and when there's so many christians what happens is you can fellowship out of your like tertiary positions on mm. things so your your primary your secondary and your tertiary doctrinal positions if there are so many people who follow Jesus, what happens is you can kind of cluster with just people who agree with all of your tertiary opinions and you can kind of hang like that. Mm, that does not work in a post-Christian secular city like the, like the city of Vancouver. Right. And it doesn't work in most of the lower mainland. So what mm. happens is you need to be, you need to be generous mm-hmm. and you need to overlook the fact that we may disagree on secondary things but that we should still work together yeah, yeah, and that we should actually work together in, in a collaborative kind of way for collective impact, which is some of the stuff that we talk about mm-hmm. with city to city, because there's just not enough Christians in the city of Vancouver for us all to just only hang out with people who agree with us on everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. We don't have that luxury. Yeah. Yeah. So like, mm. like I love Jason and Chris and the whole team that they have at the way, you know, cause that's who you're talking about with the Canadian church leaders network. And, and, um, but like they wouldn't come and comfortably fit in, as a right. member of our church in some ways. I mean, mm-hmm. in some ways they could for sure. But in other ways, they, they'd be like, well, we disagree on a few things, yeah. sex, you know, secondary stuff mm-hmm. or, or tertiary stuff. And I would say the same thing. Like my wife and I have been to their church and visited when we were on vacation and, and uh, it's, it was wonderful. And I was like, yeah, but like, but I know where they land on a couple of things that I'd be like, well, I don't know if I could work in that setting, mm-hmm. but my goodness, do I want to cheer them on? Mm-hmm. And do awesome. I want to do things together yeah. in awesome. the city? Because when we look at this, there's not enough followers of Jesus in the city of Vancouver for, for us and another great church down the street to be like, yeah, we're not on the same team. Mm. We're all on the same team. Come on. And I want to work uh, toward that in, yeah. in, in, a, in a more pronounced way. The older I get, the more that I see the way that God is moving in our city. I want to do more of that. Mm. Wow. That's good. Man, that's such a good word. Yeah. And it just breaks down the barriers of like we're trying to do our own thing and let's just actually link arms. And are you guys, just out of curiosity, are you guys like verse by verse teaching or what do you guys do at Christ City? Yeah. So I would say um, most of the, I mean, we're starting a, a series in the book of Exodus this okay. week. 
you know, we're going to be in Exodus for a while. Mm-hmm. And so we'll move expositionally through yeah. that, you know, in terms of yeah. Yeah, yeah, passages of scripture. Some of them will be larger in Exodus, some of them will be smaller. And uh, yeah, we typically teach verse by verse through books of the Bible yeah. over a period of time. I guess we did that class together like 10 years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, uh, <laughs> we, we learned everything we needed to know there. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> that, was, that, that, was, that was all that we needed to know. Thank you, we, Dr. John. We moved on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and um, yeah, so I mean, the, the, that's our, that's yeah. our preferred method. We also will do topical stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. you know, through the summer, we'll do some more topical things or, you know, kind of, you know, we, we break down the calendar year in terms of the way we preach and the way yeah. that we plan. Yeah. Um, and so there's little seasons where where we will have a more focused uh, attention on a particular kind of idea that we need to focus yeah. on. And then we also, we're sort of like liturgical light, uh, you know, yeah. church, church calendar light. Like we'll do Advent, um, we'll do some Holy Week stuff. And, and so we'll move through it in that way. But yeah, for the most part, like 80% of the time, we're moving through a book of the Bible yeah. Yeah. and uh, taking mm-hmm. our time. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Um, so with church planting, why would a, like, do you have, I don't know how to ask this. I don't want to sound like we're bashing like mega churches sure. or like massive churches. We've all been a part or are a part of larger churches. Um, is there a danger? And do you see the need to continue to plant? Like tell me, a little, I mean, obviously there is yeah. a need because yeah. we can't all reach the city. Like we need sure. as many churches as we can, but yeah. Can we talk about that without being? Yeah, I think we can talk about so, that for sure. Graciously, so. yeah, it's sure. usually those churches that are planting. So I think that's. Uh, well, yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. Usually, it's planting out of larger churches. Mm-hmm. Not always true, point. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we definitely can talk about that. I think it's um, the church size does not equal church health. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a fantastic word. So you can have a large church that has the appearance of health. That when you get internal, uh, you find out it's actually very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have a large church that is tremendously healthy on mission. People are being discipled to maturity and it's a, a giant thing. And you yeah. go, you know why this is growing? Because healthy things grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same like you can have a small church that's unhealthy. It's, Ex- it's the same. Exactly. Thing. So yeah. there's there's a reason that some churches are stuck at, you know, 50 or 60 people. Mm-hmm. And then there's, but but you can't just judge that based on size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you go and, and you meet those folks and you walk with me, oh, I see why. This, you know, this is a really healthy church in a really difficult spot or, or whatever the case might be. Now, there's some statistics um, around church size and and it's something like this. And this is not going to be an exact quote, but it's mm. something like 70% of churches are 70 or, sm- or, or smaller. Mm. Mm. And but 70% of Christians are part of a church that's over 200. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. so one, uh, carry the one. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> yeah, um, we specifically put in the waiver not yeah, to. Yeah. No, so, so, so that's an American statistic. Okay, um, which would be true if you look at at the average church size across the country in Canada. And I'm I'm sure if we we had the same yeah. stuff, it would be very similar. Mm-hmm. And and so what that means is most churches are are under seventy people, but most Christians actually experience their local church life in a church that's over two hundred. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's the church size is not, is not the thing. Now, contextualization is what matters. So is there a need for a mega church? Yes, of course there is. There's a need for a regional church that has a particular kind of reach and does things in a particular kind of way where a larger ministry like that will have different kinds of resources that will reach different kinds of people and can help people through different seasons of life that a small church might not be able to do. So I think it's very important that we have churches of all different kinds and all different sizes because we're reaching all kinds of people. Mm. Now, contextualizing that is an important aspect of, of the work that I do with City to City and the, the work that we do with church planting. So the city of Vancouver, for instance, Vancouver proper, not Metro Vancouver, but, but the city of Vancouver itself, it is a network of 23 neighborhoods. There is no freeway in the city of Vancouver. If, if you drive, you could start in Tijuana, Mexico, and you can cross the border into San Diego and you can get on the I-5 and you can drive north. And you can drive north on the I-5 freeway from the Mexican-American border in Southern California. And you can drive all the way on a freeway. You can come through the border at the Peace Arch Crossing. And you can then it turns into Highway 99. And then you can drive on Highway 99. And you've, you've now driven through an entire country into another country on the same freeway. And that freeway stops when you cross the Oak Street Bridge and come into the city of Vancouver. Mm. Vancouver does not have a freeway. Now that changes the way that people move around the city. 
It changes the way that people live in the city. And so Vancouver is a very neighborhood-driven mm. city. There's clusters of neighborhoods with affinities, and they have sort of central services in different areas around the city. And that means that the, the movement of people is very different than it would be in a suburban sp space. So when we look at the city of Vancouver, and when I, was, I moved into Vancouver in 2011, and I started doing a bunch of research to try and understand my new mission field, what I realized was uh, my new mission field is neighborhood-driven. And I believe that God was calling us to plant a network of neighborhood churches mm. that were large enough to meet the needs of, of being sustainable as a church, but small enough to maintain community. Mm. And so there are there, there were already some mega churches, and that was wonderful. Um, gathering space is very difficult to find in Vancouver, and um, and so by God's grace, we were gifted a church building, which is a crazy story. Um, but it's a small neighborhood church building, mm. seats two hundred people, and and that's where we planted the church. When we planted out of there, it was because we'd grown so much we needed to have three gatherings. And three gatherings felt like it was diminishing our community mm, because we were, we were just running. It was run people in, run them out. And it was, it, 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 you know, it, it was what we needed to do, but it didn't feel great. So what we said is we'll go to a third gathering, but we'll do it as an interim measure until we can plant again. Mm. And so for us to sort of discern church size and what's a healthy church size, we want it to be large enough that you can have um, momentum as a ministry. And, and you can have health and people can meet each other. And, you know, when, when sociologists will tell us that when you walk into a room with 70 or less people, um, you, you sort of, if you're, you're raised in this culture or you're, you know, you've acclimatized to the culture that we have in, in, in this part of the world, you'll walk in the room and you'll realize that everybody in the room probably knows each other and you're an outsider. Mm. So if it's less than 70 people. So there's a feeling sociologically that, that we have as a human being that goes, ooh, this is a small group and I'm outside of it. Mm. Then there's also another number that we look at. It's called the Dunbar number, um, which is the, the professor who came up with it. I think it's 156 is the number, but it's around 160. And, and his thing is that you actually can't maintain more relationships than that. You can't know more right. than that. So, so as a community, you can, you can grow, but like once it gets bigger than that, not everybody knows each other. Mm. And, and that's not a problem, but that's just a number that you have to be cognizant of. So somewhere in between there would be like a healthy neighborhood church size. Mm. Um, it's Fascinating. A, it's not to say that we would try and stop the growth of something. I mean, the, the, our, our, yeah. local, our local church is now back at three gatherings. We've planted twice out of our church. One of those churches planted a church. Like, mm. So cool. Wow. But, but the way that we look at it is it's actually like our church is unsustainably large at the moment for our space and for the way that we want to be the church. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're looking at planting again. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and it's interesting, and it's a good reminder because, like you said at the very beginning, size doesn't matter. So how would you coach a young adult who is looking for a church? What are some of the signs for them? Yeah. If they can't do digging to find out sure. what's happening behind closed doors, how do they know they're in a, a healthy church or they're looking for one? Yeah, I, I think it's true for young adults. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably true for everyone mm -hmm. that you shouldn't want to be in a church where everyone looks like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if, if that's ethnicity... Um, you know, I understand that there's reasons like linguistic reasons yeah. for us to, to gather together. You know, if, I, if you don't speak a language, it's going to be difficult for you to go and join that community. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's a challenge. Um, but, you know, the diversity of people gives you uh, a bigger picture of the beauty of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm speaking to a young adult and, and we've got lots of university students at our church and, and they, you know, sometimes they come in um, when the university calendar year starts, they come from some other place in the world or, or, or in the country. And they come in and they're looking for a church to belong to as, um, as they study in the city of Vancouver at, at whatever college or university they're at. I love it when they don't want to just have like the homogenous group of people who are exactly the same stage and age. Mm -hmm. um, now, you need that to be friends. And that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like you want to have friends who are at the same stage of life, the same age that you are. Because honestly, like we hang out with a lot of university students, my wife and I do. And like, you know, I, I want them to leave my house. <laughs> like nine, a, 9 p.m get out no, no i mean we, we used to have a one of our friends got us this doormat that said please leave by nine it was no it, it was at our front door yeah, yeah. and it was just my, my wife and i both get up early in the morning yeah and uh you know we want to like say goodnight to our kids and and uh mm. you know, we might want to chill out for a little bit and 
And that's so, a fantastic. I need that map. Yeah, no, it's a great map. I'm sure you can find it online. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe somebody. I mean, you were you're saying if 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 they could give you more money, you get better equipment in your musical play. I mean, maybe somebody will send you a map. No, I'm just putting it out there. This I can give you my address. Just email me. This could be a word for someone. This could be a word for someone. You could be a deep encouragement by buying a stack of please leave by nine mats. So so you know, but we hang out with those students now. If they only hung out with us, yeah, and then they go home and they're like, "Well, I'm not even tired because I'm a student. I'm going to stay up till one." Yeah, you know, which is just maybe, I mean, maybe unwise, but also when I was a student, I did the exact same I thing. Know, so, I know, man. So, so you want people to hang out with? You want to meet people who are at the same stage of life that you're in, yeah. but you don't want to have only the same stage. And so, if you can, if you can integrate into a local church that has intergenerational ministry where you could belong to a community group where there's people there who are retired, people there who are mm. doing really well in their careers, people there who are maybe parents of grown children, maybe there's people there who are parents of little kids. You can be a huge blessing to them and they can be a huge blessing to you mm-hmm. if you'll engage in those relationships. And so we try and have people mix it up as much as we can. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be affinity groups and that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, so if, when young people come, I'm saying if you're looking for a church, don't just look for the cool church yeah. that is full of people who look like you. Go find a church where you can go and ask somebody for some advice yeah. and they have more to say than, you know, what they saw on TikTok that morning. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, you're like, no, actually I've, I've, I've been in my career for yeah. 30 years and yeah. here's how I think you could progress as you become a professional in your, in your field. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That kind of idea. That's great. It's really good. And maybe I want to ask a question about church attendance. Yeah. What would you say to a young person who's watching who just doesn't feel the need to attend church? Like they're a Christian. Yeah. But I just like to be at home and watch yeah. online. It's just a preference. Yeah. It started off as a oh no, we have to. Right. And now it's turned into I just I just don't want to go to church anymore. But I love God. Yeah. I think I think first of all, loving God is a good thing. Yes. And and watching a service on YouTube is like not inherently bad. Mm-hmm. You know, what there were people who during COVID were were like watching four or five different churches every week. And I was like, look, if your vice is watching extra church <laughs> or listening to more sermons. Yeah, yeah. Like that's sure. like, you know, I want to be very gracious and generous yeah. to you. Yeah. Like that's not, you, there's worse things that you could be doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. with your life, right? But And there were some people who had health concerns and they needed to stay home. And obviously course. we're not talking about that, but just people yeah. who have maybe lost that sense of but, community. But it's 2024, you yeah. know, and, and, and we're back yeah. and we've been back for a while yeah. and we want you back. Yeah. And I think um, you have to start actually thinking about what it means to be human. So this is a, a bigger answer to the question, but mm-hmm. you go all the way to what it means to be human. Um, and, and so you, you would have like a biblical anthropology, which means that you are an embodied person. You're an embodied creature. God did not make you a spirit, you know, you, 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 you yeah. have, but you have a, you know, but you have a body. Mm-hmm. And it's very important that, that you understand the fullness of what that is. Um, Ian Proven uh, is a professor at Regent College who's done, uh, he's r- written on this topic and he's very, very helpful mm-hmm. um, and in, in part of our church. And uh, I've had the joy of knowing him and, and learning from him. And he's really emphasized this. The embodied, um, your embodied presence in worship is a different thing than your uh, disembodied experience of watching something. Mm-hmm. So the, it kind of goes from two-dimensional to three-dimensional. And I, I would say... You know, if um, if I only followed, let's say I only I didn't know you in person, but I just saw some pictures of you, I would have by nature a two dimensional vision of who you are. Mm-hmm. But when I sit with you and I get to know you and I hear your heart and I learn, you know, about uh, what's happening in your family and what's happening in your ministry and what's happening in your life, it be you become a three dimensional person. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we exist as the church in a three dimensional space. Yeah. And so we have to be together. Um, the the scriptures are clear on that. And I would say if you're, if you're not, you can't be a contributor. And so at our church, we have, um, you know, I, I, the, our staff make fun of me all the time and, you know, probably warranted um, <laughs> in a number of ways. But one of the things I say often is that language creates culture. Mm. And so when I speak about the church, I don't say you should come to church. Like when our, when whoever's doing mm-hmm. announcements and welcoming people on a Sunday or our worship leaders, when they, they don't say like, hey, everybody, welcome to church. Because that's right. just actually fundamentally, biblically untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not coming to church. You're coming to the gathering of the church. The church is mm-hmm. not a place. Mm-hmm. The church is a people. And so the church building that we have, we call it the church building because it's the building b- that belongs to the congregation, the church. 
Uh, it's on the corner of, of, of 43rd and Prince Edward in the city of Vancouver. But that building on the corner of 43rd and Prince Edward is not a church. That mm. is the church building because the church is the people of God. Now, if you have chosen to not engage in an embodied way with the people of God, you are by nature only able to consume. You are not able to participate or contribute. And so you're not bringing the gifts that God has sovereignly given you to bear upon the rest of the community. And what happens is we're actually missing you. Mm. And so when we talk about our community groups, one of the things that I would say to people is that it's not the same without you. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is not that whoever is in that group is kind of like, so if you're not in a community group and you're not attending a church, like this is the language that I would use, um, you're the one who is experiencing the disservice. Mm. It's not the same without you. But then you have people who go, oh, well, I don't need that. I'm actually, me and Jesus, we're good. I'm good. I don't need to gather with the church. And I would say, what if it's not actually about you? Mm-hmm. Like what if it's fundamentally not about you? Wow. So in, in the kingdom, Jesus often revealed to us that there's an others-focused way of being, not a self-focused way of being. And so this gets into the hyper-individuality and, and all of the stuff that we live in, but it's actually not about you. So it would, when I say a community group wouldn't be the same without you, I'm not saying that you have something where you, you identified a felt need and go, I need to be in a community group. What I'm saying is that somebody else needs you to be in their community group because somebody else is going to yeah. experience less of God without you there mm. to, to bring your presence and the gifts that he's given you uh, to bear upon the rest of the body. So mm-hmm. it's very important mm-hmm. that, you, that you participate in an embodied way. Now, now there's lots of valid reasons why somebody might be really hesitant to join a, a local church in a physical way. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they, that, like you said, maybe there's some health you know, concerns. Maybe there's some hurt. You know, maybe there's some pain in the past where they did join and they felt rejected or they felt judged or they felt something else. Or felt used. A lot of people feel used, like they just sure. serve, 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 sure. serve and are mistreated. And they're whatever. like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself in a position yeah. of vulnerability to be hurt again. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I, I think of what C.S. Lewis said in The Four Loves. He's mm-hmm. talking about love and he says, if you want to make sure that you're never hurt, that you're never hurt again, take your heart, lock it up in a box and no one else can ever touch you. But if you isolate your heart in that way, he, he says, this is paraphrasing what he says, he says it's going to shrivel up and die mm. because you're not designed to be on your own. You're not designed to lock your heart up in that sense. You have to expose yourself to the potential of pain, to the potential of relational hurt if you are to enjoy the fullness of what God has for you through relationships with others. So it's very important that at some point you re-engage. Now, maybe there's some counseling that's needed. Maybe you need some help. Maybe you need a friend and you need one friend that you trust and you can go with that one friend. I also would say, you know, we try and keep the back row open, you know, metaphorically Mm -hmm. for people who want to dip in and they just want to show up and they just want to like, maybe I'm not ready to fully engage, but I want to come. I want to be there. I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to smell it. I I mean, you you can't celebrate communion on your own at home. Like I want to celebrate communion with the body. I want to be together and I want to celebrate what God has done for me in Christ and all those kind of things. It's really important you come. Yeah. Yeah. And even like reaching our cities. A big aspect of that is reaching our cities within our church families. Yeah, you know, the, the, there's a lot of research um, that that uh, there's a, a book that I'm I'm uh, the name of it is escaping me. I think it's called the the de-church movement or something like that. But it's talking about the de-churched, those who were a part of something but then have left. And the really interesting data says that a lot of people who have left or have never been would go if someone that they cared about and someone that they trusted just invited them. Mm. Wow. So a lot of it is that it's actually, it's a relational thing that the experience of it, like like lo, the, being a part of a local church is experienced as being a part of a community. Now community can become an idol, right? Yeah. And you can elevate community to a point that's really unhealthy. Yeah. But it's experienced as, as a, a communal act of being a part of a group of people. And we all inherently as human beings want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And we want to be a part and belong. And we want to yeah. feel home. And we want to know that this is my family and my tribe or however you want to just, you know, uh, discuss that. Most people will come back. If they've left, they'll come back if a friend invites them. Mm. Because most people have left because there was some kind of relational problem or there was some sort of idea that... Um, they could be better off on their own. Mm-hmm. And most of their experience uh, is that they tried that out and it doesn't work. Mm. 
Well, Brendan, it just reminds me of when we were talking a few weeks back with um, Pastor Brent. We were just talking about, you know, devotions and how, you know, your pastor kind of helped you when you were in need. You reached out. And it's just thinking about this, too, for those who we know and love, friends, family, whatever, who are maybe not be engaged in church community to link arms and to kind of help. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to do this together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's just really important. Yeah, yeah. I definitely needed help. I mean, it took a bit of like like self-awareness i guess yeah uh which i feel like a lot of people maybe um maybe they don't quite realize how much it's impacting them that they don't have that um Mm -hmm. maybe until they see it in somebody else or like you said a friend invites them but yeah i feel like like you can miss a week of church or two weeks of church and you'll your heart will be fine but eventually i think the long-term trajectory of that is going to be more negative than i think more than, than most people yes. might realize or care to admit maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the things that we give ourselves to form us mm-hmm. or, or the things that we avoid, they form us. And so we're, we're, we're always being formed or deformed as disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, like, th- I'm a simple guy. I think a disciple of Jesus is someone who follows Jesus. My simple definition. Decide what what is a disciple? You know, you could talk about being a learner of the way of Jesus because that's what that means. But but at this at some point, you're just trying to follow Jesus. Yeah. So what is discipleship? Well, discipleship is helping someone follow Jesus. And we don't we overcomplicate all this stuff and because we've professionalized mm. it and we've written books about it and we've got books that are helping us to understand the books that we've written about it and and then there's <laughs> you know podcasts to walk through the books that we read that we want to talk about the details where mm. we just disagreed on it so that we, and it becomes so complex that yeah. that. It, it, it maybe sometimes people feel like they can't be a part of that. And mm-hmm. You go, actually, it's pretty simple. I just want to help people follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I've had people help me follow Jesus. I have people helping me follow Jesus. Yeah. I also now am called to be a disciple who makes disciples, which means I'm going to help someone else follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if we just keep it simple, you yeah. realize that it's actually in this great relational chain all the way back to Jesus and his 12 disciples. Yeah. Like they've just been helping people follow Jesus since the days of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not that complex. We got to keep it simple. Yeah. And sometimes it just means having an open seat at your dinner table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it means when you go and you gather with the church and you look around the room, like if somebody is on their own, I, I can't remember who said this to me first, but but you know, somebody much smarter than me said it, but but, but uh, a Rebecca Rebecca McLaughlin is where I think I remember her husband said um, and to her and she's she's talked about this that uh, somebody sitting by themselves as we gather at the church, that's a crisis. Mm. So don't go and hang out with your friends. As soon as the gathering ends, everybody runs together to see. Find the person who's alone and go, hi, mm-hmm. my name is Brett. Yeah. I don't think we've met yet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and just approach it that way. Now, if that person does not want to talk and they want to get the heck out of there, they will let you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and have, yeah. have the social skills to be like, <laughs> yeah. if you ever want to hang out, I'm here. See you later. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, there's people you can't, you just can't, you shouldn't be alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's this thing, this mm-hmm. thing isn't alone. And yeah. so, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. There's one thing we learned from COVID, man. Come on. Can't be yeah. alone. Yeah. 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 The isolation is, is bad, yeah. you know, and it's a good segue into like a biblical perspective of, you know, reaching the city. Yeah. Uh, it's this discipleship. And, mm. and we, and you're right. We overcomplicate it. And sometimes I feel like when we get into like mega church status, mm. sometimes we lose the vision we're doing so many things but i like how you just it's simple we are being discipled and we disciple yep well and i think when you talk about like large churches um i'm so here's what would happen this this is and i'm not bashing because i've been a part of them served them you know i love them but years ago this is what would happen um we would our church would get characterized as a multi-site church even though we would actually say we're a multi-church network mm-hmm. so we would try and, and posture it a little bit differently but I, I so i would get asked to speak on you know there'd be a panel at a conference and it would be like hey multi-site model church planting so i'd be i'd be a contributor in that environment and then there'd be like the the mega church pastor where it's just it's video venues they're dropping screens all over the place and it's growing fast and you, you kind of have that and um they'd always try and pit us against each other Mm. it was really quite interesting i mean obviously i i I understand like the you know conflict is going to help you know surface issues and 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 so a facilitator is going to want to maybe put pit this person against that person so that they can you go head to head and say well our our model is this and your model is that and and i always be like i don't have a problem with that Mm. i don't have a problem with the mega church thing of of the like get a bigger building thing that's fine if that's the model that god's called you to you should be faithful to that Mm. our church and the leaders at our church believe he's called us to something else. Mm. And so we're going to try and do our best to be obedient and faithful to that. 
but like I don't have a problem with it. Um, so I grew up, let me, let me say it like this. I grew up in a town in what well, was actually a village in central. <laughs> Whoa, in, in not cent- a lot of those yeah, around in, anymore. In, in central Alberta. Was it like horse and buggy? And Because <laughs> yeah. I've been to some places he, in Alberta where there's horse and buggy. You actually buggies. grew up Amish, actually. Did you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Is that why you got all the tattoos now? Because you just like went the... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I mean, I, did, <laughs> I brought you guys together because both of you have a lot I of tattoos. I haven't seen a tattoo on him. Oh, yeah. This, this, guy's, this guy's inks, man. This He's guy's ink, too. That's why I'm like, this is the perfect match right through. now. It's just it's it's Anyways. So the, yeah. <laughs> Sorry any, if I brought that anyways. up. I don't know if that's like your so rebellion. Yeah, things. exactly. Anyway, like, <laughs> like he said before, here's a nice segue. Anyways, what I was actually saying, um, I grew up in a village. Okay. okay. When I was a kid, there were 700 people in the village. It was a little farming community. Yeah. And, um, and then we moved, I moved to the city. The city was Red Deer, Alberta. Nice. Okay. When I was a kid, it was like, it was like 60,000 people. Hmm. And that, that's like when we were doing something, you know, of, of great cultural significance, we would go to the city, the half hour drive to the city. And then I realized when I, I got to travel when I was younger, actually, this is not a very big city. <laughs> this is actually quite a small city. And, um, and I, I fell in love with cities. I love cities. And, and I love visiting cities around the world. And I love the city that I live in. Um, but like the city I live in, like I don't live. So, so the population of Vancouver proper is like 660,000 people, something like that. I don't live around 660,000 people. I live in a tiny neighborhood mm. that is connected to the rest of that city. So my experience of it is actually not that different than my experience in a city of 60,000 people. It's just that that, that city is just immediately adjacent to a whole bunch of others. And so mm. you kind of go neighborhood by neighborhood. And, and I think megachurches can be like that. You can have really great community in a megachurch. You can have really great opportunities to grow in a megachurch. You can have all of the healthy things that a church is called to be biblically in a setting where there's thousands of people, mm-hmm. but you have to be intentional to do it. You have to be actually just as intentional to do it there as you do in a small church. You can go in and blow in and blow out of a small church on Sundays and and no one ever notices you because mm-hmm. you're so in and out so fast. Yeah. And so like the, the problem, it's a human condition thing. And so certain sizes are going to be maybe more conducive to, to more people participating with the gifts that God's given them and all that. And we could get into all those, those points too. But the reality is it's about your heart and, and the intent of your heart to grow in community with people and um, not so that you would have a bigger community, but so that you could grow in Christ and yeah. you could grow to a place of maturity in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's a good word because I feel like there are some churches, I'm sure, where their goal is to become bigger just for the sake of being bigger. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that every church should should seek to get bigger. That makes sense, and 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 but, but I get the heart. I guess the heart behind <laughs> the, <Uno> card. <laughs> the the heart the heart behind yes the desire to grow yeah yeah could I mean, be different. It could be yeah. And you talking about like attracting other Christians? Yeah, it's like some churches to, like always oh, want to be the coolest, whatever. I just want to build this thing for yeah. the for the sake of building this thing. Whereas sure. other people are like, hey, we want to actually build people to reach the right. city. Yeah, right. It's a big difference. There is a big difference, and leadership's hard and we don't always know the motivations of the heart um but we do see the fruit yeah you know and i think you can look at that kind of thing and and you know people are doing their best yeah. um i think the it, you know it can be at times easy to criticize different aspects of what other churches do yeah and, and it's easy to, to criticize from a distance where again they remain sort of two-dimensional as opposed to being a three-dimensional yeah. human being uh, and a team of human beings who are doing their best and and seeing what they maybe feel called to do i i think yeah it's the, the, sure, I'm sure there's there's mixed motives. I remember reading an article years ago by uh, a pastor that I respect, and um, he he said he's never had a pure motive in his heart or in his life, and because the pure motivation, like like the, the pure motive, does that exist? That's a good word. You know, do yeah. I like when I get up and preach? I want people to be well served. I want God to be glorified. I, I want all those things. But I'll tell you, and maybe it's a little bit less than it used to be. But I want people to like me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like on a level, that's okay. Yeah, it can also become idolatrous. So if I want people to like me so much, and certain kinds of people like me so much that I'm willing to compromise the truth, well, now I've exchanged the truth for a lie, and I'm worshiping the created thing rather than the Creator mm-hmm. God, who is forever blessed. Amen. Like it's there's a, there's something that happens when yeah. we exchange the truth. But but at the end of the day, like you know, I want to I want to trust that most of these church leaders have good kingdom heart. You know, yeah. You know mentalities and and um. And if they don't, I mean, you know, Paul said in Philippians, right? You know, he didn't care why they preached the gospel. He Just says, preach the gospel. Some of them are preaching the gospel to his own hurt. And he yeah. goes, well, at least they're preaching the gospel. Yeah. Mm. And that's the part where I, I, I want to yeah. be as generous as I yeah, can as a leader. Good. And I'll tell you, man, I, I wasn't always as generous as I could be as a leader in my own heart. 
And that's been something the Lord's had to show me as I've gotten older and I've grown more and connected with more leaders and had more generosity of spirit, I think, that he's given me for, for other leaders that, you know, I don't want to default to a criticism. I want to default to a generosity. And if they need to be criticized Good. later, well, that's fine. You know what? So do I. Yeah. And so there's people who can come around me and say, yeah, I don't know about your motives there. What did you think about that? And, and they can ask it because, you know, mm-hmm. we can't assume the motive of a heart. That's, um, that's above our pay grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna say something? No, nope. we just our eyes met. Just and I just I just <laughs> locked <thought>. eyes. <laughs> we just locked eyes, and I was like, "Oh, is he gonna say something?" No, just, uh, no that's really good. And I think uh, the reality that no one has a pure motive, like even a little bit. I think even as a worship leader, mm-hmm. okay, we're doing song whatever. I kind of you know, I want to sound good. I want to sound really good. Sure, try, try and best. I want you know the young people to think hey. I'm still cool. Enough. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> that was know? just true. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's, it's January, right? Yeah. I mean, lots of people got, I'm sure, resolutions and goals that they've set for the year and all those that kind of things. That have already... Things, right? Sure. I yeah. mean, you know, but like, you know, why do I want to, why do I want to lose a few pounds? Right? You know, why do I want to be healthier? Well, part of it is I'd like to live a long life whereby I live the to the fullness of my years that God gives me and, and that I'm not... And that I'm healthy through that. Yeah. I want to be a healthy person yeah. as I do that. So it's good. Also, like, I'm, I've got a vacation coming up with my wife. I'm going <laughs> to the beach. Yeah. And like, uh, when we go to the beach together, people yeah. assume I'm rich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, uh, I, you know. That's amazing. I want to, I want to, I want to, I wanna, you know, maybe I tighten I up a little bit. I want to think I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my, 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 tr- the true story is my wife is a fitness instructor as well as a worship leader. And, um, and so there would be like fitness instructor Christmas parties that we would go to. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not exactly fitness instructor arm candy. That's so funny. It's like, they're all like couples who are just jacked. Yeah. So it's like, so what happened? With yeah, exactly. Him? And they're like, oh, so did you used to work out or <laughs> injury or something? You walk in and walk in with a limp. Like, oh man, I got injury. Man. Yeah, totally. It's totally. so. just like, yeah, you know, we got married really young. So <laughs> yeah, jokes on her. So um, when you when you go to the fitness parties, they're like, "What happened?" Then when you go to like the worship team party, it's like I'm also sing. tone deaf. No, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so what's going on here? It's always a testimony of God's grace. Hallelujah! Me. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. what people say when they meet my wife, and I'm like, I get it. I'm offended, but I get it. <laughs> I fully get it. I fully <laughs> get it. Um, so for the young people who are watching or listening, how would you advise them or encourage them? Uh, what would you say to them to get plugged in mm-hmm. to a local church? Yeah. And then I want to also address if someone's thinking about planting, yeah. mm. what advice would you give them to? Sure. So I think if somebody's looking at uh, just joining a local church, maybe they've moved to a new city, um, maybe they're in a different season of life and and trying to figure it out. Uh, I think there's lots of things you can look for in a healthy church. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always, t- you know, I mean, you have to have the essential stuff. They have to be preaching the scriptures. They have to be, you know, uh, orthodox in their in their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you if you're listening to a number of sermons and uh, it seems like more stories and illustrations than scripture is probably not a good balance. Um, you know, if you're listening and and the pastor is the hero of every story that gets told, like you know, I don't know, maybe maybe we need to look to Jesus a little more. Mm. Um, and so, you know, a, a person could be a compelling communicator, but maybe miss some of the Christ centeredness. Mm. Mm. So I'm always looking for Christ centeredness in sermons. I'm always looking for the gospel uh, to be front and center and to be clear and compelling. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about that, I think worship as well, um, are the songs that we're singing true? Yeah. Are they self-centered or are yeah. they God-centered? Are they, are they biblical? Are they, you know, so I would look for all of those biblical qualifications of yeah. what it means to be a church. I'd look And if for, they have 10 different genres options, that would be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a fascinating I experiment. I can't get over that, man. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll share a link with you later. Please. Please. Um, actually, yeah. I can't um, wait to watch country, the, country worship, man. That just seems like resources. A, yeah. Episode resources. <laughs> no, but that's like a, that is an oxymoron country worship. That's so funny. Sorry. I don't know. It's, it's just a style. It's just a style. Uh, God, uh, God, that, God can be glorified. Cowboy church. That's an Cowboy church boy hey, i told I'll, you i'm from the country I'm oh yeah this guy I'm, is a I'm, cowboy I'm pastor. from central alberta from yeah. alberta that that's the, a thing yeah he's yeah. a he's, a, he's yeah, from alberta I've too been to cowboy church yeah you've been to cowboy church giddy yeah. up boy <laughs> that's amazing it's awesome I, I would like to actually like i have a couple new songs coming out this year that are pretty country okay oh i'm not a country artist but well you are now oh, <laughs> oh boy once you know once you you yeah 
<laughs> you, you crack into it, man. You might be. <laughs> you might be. It might end up might need to get some branded cowboy hats. <laughs> yeah, come on. End out cowboy hats. Let's That'd be go. amazing. That'd be amazing. 100%. The um So looking at a biblical like uh <laughs> biblical anyways. framework of a church. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little yep. sidetracked with the yeah, ten so, genres. So I mean, so what we talk about like worship word and sacrament. Yeah. You know, are 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 you singing the scriptures? Are the pre- are scriptures preached? Mm-hmm. You know, and are you celebrating the gospel in that sense? Yeah. So you sing the gospel, preach the gospel, celebrate the gospel mm, through the way good. that you uh, celebrate baptism and communion. Um, there's going to be lots of different kinds of churches. And so if you have uh, particular convictions around certain things, uh, provided that they're biblical, secondary, and tertiary issues, yeah, you could find a church that yeah. that you fit in uh, like that. I would say uh, just see if you can get some time with the pastor. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just just say like, I know, you know, and, and just write an email. Hi, my name is... I'm sure that you have uh, lots of requests for meetings, but I would love to learn more about the church as I'm considering joining. Mm-hmm. Um, most pastors are thrilled to get that that message mm-hmm. and go and sit down with somebody and have a coffee or, or yeah. have them come to the office and you spend some time together. Just And you can ask your questions. Yeah. Come with a, a great list of questions and, and find someone who will graciously answer them with you. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing to do. So, um, yeah, we talked about it earlier. You know, not just a church where everybody looks like you, but, but where yeah. you're part of a, an intentionally diverse community. I think yeah. it's important. And, um, and, and then like you at some point are going to make some friends Yeah. and you're probably going to flourish where you're planted as opposed to like, you know, thinking that there's going to be some magic formula that you're going to yeah. go visit 12 yeah. churches and that you're going to have a magic formula that kind of one of them's just going to pop. No, it's like mm-hmm. plug yourself in, get involved, um, get involved in whatever life group, community group, small group kind of structure they have. Also serve mm-hmm. um, because that's a way that you can meet people when yeah. you're serving shoulder to shoulder with them. I mean, uh, like one of the teams that we have, uh, <laughs> like like most churches, we have a cafe team. But guess what? They're in the kitchen together, hanging out, yeah. playing music, shoulder to shoulder, talking with people who are different ages and stages of life and all that kind of thing. It's great. Yeah. Get involved in serving. And um, yeah, so when you're looking for a new church, uh, yeah, find those things. Yeah. You know, I think about this when I talk to my own kids, right? Because my children are growing up and as they are going to go to university and they're going to be looking for churches and what would I tell them? Mm. You know, Um, some, sometimes you should just ask someone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we've had people join our church when they move to Vancouver and they say, well, I've listened to six months of sermons and we go, Oh, Okay, like you're doing your due diligence, mm. like six months of sermons to see if this is the kind and of what place do you, you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the, the kind of place that you want to be a part of. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh, all all of those things. I think those are yeah. all helpful things to look at. Um, ask people you trust for wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I quite quite regularly I will get this email. Um, hey Brett, uh, my friend is moving to fill in the blank on the city. Do you know of any good churches there? That's a great email to ask your pastor about. So if you're moving somewhere else, yeah, um, and then you know sometimes unfortunately there's there's places and, and you know there's been lots of churches um, in Vancouver that have they've slid off the pages of the Bible. They're no longer faithful to Scripture. They're it's no happening longer, everywhere, man. It's, it is, yeah. and so yeah. so we'll end up with people from those churches, and that's a different story. Those people are hurting. Mm-hmm. They've just left a community and in probably a very painful way because they felt like they could no longer, in good conscience, stay there. Yeah. Well, that now now we're in a different zone. Yeah. And so those people who are looking for a place like you got to, you might not want to plug in. You might just need a season to sit and mm-hmm. receive. Yeah. And be cared for, and mm-hmm. and so I would say make yourself known, but like don't feel like you got to jump in and. Yeah, right and start away. Start doing everything. Yeah. Just come and and, yeah. and be. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And what advice would you give um, young families mm. where going to church is hard? Yeah. Getting the kids ready yep. and and yep. community group is hard because the kids, you know, how would you coach them? Because I know a lot of people who are having young families and it's just hard for them to get out and yep. it's hard for them to get to groups and they're kind of alone. Yeah. It's a it's a really good question and it's a difficult season of life for some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, doing difficult things will be good for you overall. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if you're like the kind of person who like gets up in the morning and, and does the ice bath, you know, for 10 minutes kind of thing yeah, to just man, sort of start are, your day. But like, are, you know, the, the there's, a reason, there's a reason <laughs> that difficult things will help your frame of mind mm. and uh, may even help you physically and emotionally and all those kind of things. I'm not suggesting you do ice baths. I'm not an ice bath guy. I'm just talking about... There's People ev- say it really helps them with their mental health. Scientific evidence yeah. that doing difficult things is good for you. Yeah. Um, so like when our kids were little, we would take them on hikes that probably we had no business taking them on. <laughs> um, and like it turns out it actually built their resilience and their resolve and like they're able to push through. It's like, you know, nice. my, my wife, I, she'll be mad at me. If she's never, she, she doesn't listen to anything I record like this. So it'll be fine. Nice. Perfect. Um, perfect. She's, hey, she's like, shout um, out Allison. If you're, no, yeah, <laughs> she, she, she's, um, 
you know, I remember one time we had our, our youngest daughter who had the shortest legs. Like she's just little, right? Everybody else is cruising along and she starts crying and my wife looks at her straight in the face and she goes, I love you. Um, it's okay that you're crying, but you, you can't stop walking. She's like, you can cry, but you can't stop. We're, we're going now. And my little girl just being like, okay. Well, <laughs> nice. you know? But like, guess what? She's got some resilience in her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and has been keeping up with her big sisters her whole life. Yeah. So like doing difficult things is good for you. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. So as a parent, you are not just in it for yourself. You're now modeling something. Wow. Doing difficult things is good for you. Yeah. And so you know yeah. what? I know it might take you half an hour to get packed up, 10 minutes to get in the car, five minutes to drive to someone else's house for community group. And you're like, holy, that's a big time investment. We just got here. And then when you're there, you might get pulled out of the room because your baby needs to eat yeah. or scream or be changed or your kids are fighting or whatever. That's okay. You go into the next room, you deal with it or you get other people because it's a community group or a life group and let them help and they can serve you as well. And you go and do that. And then, uh, and then you know what? You do the whole thing again and now your kids are out of rhythm because they got home late and you want to put them to bed and they're anxious and they want to have a snack and it's too late to have a snack and I need a glass of water and it's like you only ever need a glass of water at bedtime. I don't understand how this <laughs> yeah, works. Why do you always get thirsty <laughs> at you night? You go through all those things. Guess what? For thousands of years, people have been dealing with little kids and they've still followed Jesus. It's going to be okay. And probably now like let me be like the older brother, father figure, you know, whatever you want me, me to be. Just your excuses stink. Just get involved. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good for you, but you're also modeling something for your children. Mm-hmm. In terms of, I mean, there's people who really struggle even to come and gather with the church. I remember telling a mom one time who uh, had a, a like a colicky baby, and uh, the baby would just scream, and so she was always in the nursing mother's room, and she just barely got to participate in in the gathered church. And I just said, just so you know, I think your 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 presence here is your acceptable spiritual act of worship mm-hmm. you're here because you're setting a, a pattern for your family you're not just saying i'm just going to stay home because it's not worth it you're here and your kid's not always going to be like this and it's okay i mean I know, of course she just starts crying and but that is an act of worship to say i'm going to gather with god's people and it, you know maybe it's through a speaker in the nursing mom's room but it's going to be okay and uh, i think dads you got to set the tone like you got to say, no, we're going to do this because we're, we're, we're a church, we're a family that, that we gather and we serve. And it, it may take a different shape in a season where you're not able to serve in the way that you used to or whatever the case is. One thing that we did, this is, here's the hack. If you're like the one with kids, this is the hack for you. Okay. You host the community group or the life group or whatever. Be the, be the host. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the best. And my kids, um, because we're in a church planting setting, uh, our kids were kind of like the oldest kids in the church when we started. And, and um, that meant that our community group had a lot more little kids and, uh, and people, families wanted to be a part of it. And so our kids became the caregivers during oh, that yeah. time. And, and we would just, we'd actually pay our kids. And we'd be like, hey, if you take care of the kids tonight, we'll, we'll pay you. And they talk about it to this day. They, you know, they're, they're 14, 16, 18. They were talking about it last week. They were saying that they used to make up games with the little kids to keep them interested to stay in the room that they were in. And they would play all these little games that and the kids would loved it. Yeah. And mm. I mean, they, 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 they were, they were great, but that was the way that they got to serve mm. and participate in the life of the church because those parents got to stay in and continue the discussion with us and then and pray together. And, and it was really great. So I think you can overcome most challenges. Yeah. Um, it's just it takes discipline. It, it takes, and you gotta you gotta step up and make those decisions. The other thing is, your kids actually will learn to accommodate that, and they'll learn to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it may take two months yeah. for them to learn to accommodate and love something like that. Yeah. But it's uh, it's worth it. Yeah, it's so good, man. Yeah, I just love that line. I love you. It's okay. It's okay that you're crying, but we're gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah, you can cry, but yeah. you can't stop walking. Yeah, you yeah, can you cry while you walk. It's great, right? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's that's how I feel when I hike with her too. She's so much faster than me. It's like, so hey, she was saying that to you. She's like, hey, it's Brad, like, you can cry, but you have to keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> and don't sing while you, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. True, true story. We went on a hike last year that um, I underestimated how bad it was going to be, how hard it was going to be, and so did she. And so we were not properly prepared for it. And uh, And like, I was like, 
I'm never hiking with you again. Like I know that this has been a great part of our marriage, but it's now in the past <laughs> and, uh, and it's not something we're going to do together anymore. And, and you're going to need to find a new hiking buddy because <laughs> I'm never going to go through that again. And, you know, it took me a couple of days and I was like, ah, of course I'm going to hike with you. Again. Yeah, that's so funny. Like, I thought, you know, if I make it off this mountain, I was like, I might just live here now. Yeah. No, I've, <laughs> been like, on, I've been on hikes like that. I was at the top of this like, m- see you later. Have a great time. I was at the down. top of this mountain. Yeah. I was like, I, I just sat down on a rock. I worked so hard to get here. Yeah, it's like there's no way. Like I I can't go down. I think I live here now. (laughs) This is me now. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, so reaching our city, it's hard work. Leadership's hard. Ministry's hard, but it's important and it's life changing. Uh, Discipleship. Keep it simple. Be discipled and disciple others. This is how we're going to reach our city and reach our city together in community, not just going out as lone, you know, lone wolves, but being in a community and uh, reaching the city for Christ. Uh, Brett, Brett, Brett. I always call my pastor Brent, Brett, and I just called Brett, Brent. It's okay. Nice. And I call him Ben. That's the but worst. it's Brendan. That's worse than all of them. It's because <laughs> our, even our CEO <laughs> is Ben. Oh no, that's not why you said it's worse. What? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Right, gotta cut that. We gotta. <laughs> we gotta yeah. I love Ben. What are you talking about? Oh, he's not gonna watch this long. Oh, okay. This is just the beginning. Um, <laughs> oh, shout out Ben if you're still watching. We love you. Um, love Ben. Brett, thank you so much for being on the show, man. We appreciate it. We thank you for your ministry, all you're doing in the city, and um, grateful for this time. Thank you. Brendan, thank you for being with us as well. Chris, thank you, and Marcus behind the cameras. Uh, but uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We left some episode resources for you on the website. Uh, Brendan's giving you some hearts. You can go to his screen real quick, and you can give a little bit more. Just yeah, there I, was, it is. I was doing it to Marcus. Over there, you, oh, not to you then. No. Um, so, uh, but we love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week, and we will see you next Monday.